0: In 1948, Columbia Records introduced its long play, 33 and a third RPM micro groove record. The next year, RCA Victor introduced the 7 inch, 45 RPM record. It was the beginning of a very long argument. Is it better to experience a full album or listen to a stack of hits, and only those songs you choose? The arrival of downloadable music has increased the temptation to stay in the shallow end with the hits. This podcast makes it clear why you should make the deep dive into albums. And this is not a normal podcast this time because we're going to talk about somebody we've all been listening to for a long time who died last week. And that is uh, Jerry Jeff Walker. Uh, Anybody who grew up in Austin or even in Texas Knows who Jerry Jeff Walker is, and they probably spent a good part of their life listening to him. He was actually born in New York, in upstate New York, Ronald Clyde Crosby. Born in March, born on March 16, 1942. And as soon as he graduated from high school, he left home and went straight to New York City and started trying to make it in music business. He never had any doubt that that was what he wanted to do. He played in the Greenwich Village, in the folk scene there, but eventually made two albums with a band called Circus Maximus. I don't know the best way to describe that band, but it's kind of like uh, the birds if they weren't very good at their instruments, and uh, a little psychedelic touch to it. And for someone who's, Listen to Jerry Jeff Walker's voice. Their whole life to hear him singing that kind of music, uh, it's it's very entertaining. Uh, The thing that got Jerry Jeff off to a strong start was a song he wrote in 1968 called "Mr. Bojangles," which almost everybody has covered. Uh, The Nitty Gritty Dirt Band took that song up to number nine on the pop charts and nearly everybody else from bob dylan to sammy davis jr has covered that song and that gave jerry jeff a step up early went long after that album came up that he moved to austin texas and i think more than almost anybody jerry jeff put into motion what came to be the outlaw country or the cosmic cowboy uh Sound that came out of Austin and made Austin famous, and the the number of people whose songs he made famous is pretty extraordinary. Uh, Guy Clark, uh, Will, uh, come on, guys, help me. Who's the yep. Wiley Hefford? Ram- <laughs> Who'd you say, J.L. Jerry Wiley Hefford? No, I mean, <laughs> you know, no, no, we're, I think I think Gary what P. Ramsey was made possible by that sound. Yeah, Gary P. Nunn. Bob Livingston yeah bass player for a long time that that kind of anti Nashville attitude spread to guys like uh, Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings and that whole outlaw sing. in fact anybody who has never heard uh, Jerry Jeff Walker the best way to describe it is anti Nashville country music it has never seen The inside of one of those factories where they put out those hits in Nashville, no bedazzled jeans, no sexy tractors Just the real thing and it really comes out of uh, folk roots So we lost a big one uh, this this past week and that one hit me hard because that was on my soundtrack for my growing up years Jam you you grew up around the same thing
1: I did. I, In fact, I was introduced to Jerry Jeff Walker through my dad uh, in the early 70s. Oddly enough, he used to play uh, Mr. Jangles" on his guitar, and he was always uh, listening to that kind of outlaw country music as well. Even though he was kind of ubiquitous in the Austin area. I never really got into them. It took me a little while to actually get into them. And then one day, I can't remember what happened, but the album Riding High was playing at a, uh, on a jute box.
0: It's a great album. I've always
1: kind of given track. Jerry Jeff Walker short shift. And it just, that, I guess that happened right after I graduated from college. And it just, um, Ever since that, I've just been, man, he's it, it, there's so many things about him that I don't think are appreciated. Like, one of my favorite songs by him is Public Domain. Don't be concerned
0: if the song sounds familiar. Don't be concerned if it all seems the same.
1: Don't Lost Donzo, Donzo Band may be one of the most underrated backing bands in history as well. I mean, they don't they do sound like they're having a blast when they're playing, you know, they're not doing anything too slick. It seems like they're just always having a good time.
0: You said your dad introduced you to Jerry Mm -hmm. Jeff Walker. I think almost everybody in growing up in Texas heard Jerry Jeff Walker from their dad first. (laughs) I, uh,
2: I still
0: remember my dad having an argument with the guy that owned a radio station here in Austin about why they wouldn't play Jerry Jeff Walker. And it was the, the, they're gathered on the station. And say, well, it's just not clean enough. It's it doesn't have a radio
2: <laughs> FM sound.
0: Which is true, but that's why I like it. <laughs> so I, so like I it.
2: um I was not introduced by Jerry Jeff by my dad. My but I'm it is sorry. my it is my earliest musical memory, uh, is sitting in a beanbag chair in my uncle's bedroom in Fort Worth, Texas, where I was born and raised. Uh, I was probably four maybe. Uh, listening to Beaver Tlingua on an eight-track. Ah, Buckaroos, Scamp Walker, time again. So I kind of yeah, called I'm him this weekend to this talk lot, when I found out to talk to him about it, and uh, he said he's probably a freshman in college. And I just remember him walking around getting ready, you know, singing out loud to it, singing getting by and little bird, and you know, and that album just had such an impact on me. Years later, I actually, when I decided to actually take a trip to West Texas, I threw that bad boy on, on the radio or on my in my car. Drove out there, made a specific trip to go to Terlingua, yeah. and played that the entire. I was gone for four days. Played that the entire time. It was fantastic. I loved it. But yeah, Jerry, Jerry Jeff was, that, was a, that that hit me hard. Yeah. Now the uh,
0: the album "Bebita Terlingua is really one that broke them out. Um, it was recorded in Lutenbach. (laughs) (laughs) I I know that. He just had the sticker of Viva Tolingo on the door or something (laughs) of that dance hall there. Yeah, recorded a lot of time in Luttenbach, and he really, that's where he wanted to live when he moved down here, but uh, Hondo Crouch said, you don't want to live in one of those old stone farmhouses where no one's been upstairs for uh, 16 years, and everything breaks, so he ended up... uh, in, right in the middle of Austin. but that Viva Tolingo album is a pretty good example of what Jerry Jeff Walker did so well. Number one, he wrote great songs. Number yeah. two, he had the perfect voice for the kind of music he was doing. and uh, I think I think if you're a good songwriter, sometimes people underestimate your singing ability. I'm not saying he was a good singer like he had range, but he, he was a good singer because his his voice was warm. And, and solid and just right for the angst-free kind of music he sang. And on there there's two big hits. One was uh, Redneck Mother by Ray Wiley Hubbard. And until that album was released, Ray Wiley Hubbard's name was Ray Hubbard. But huh. somebody in the band hollers out, Ray Wiley Hubbard on that recording. <laughs> and ever since then, that's been his middle name so That's
2: funny. he said
0: that Jerry Jeff gave him his career and a middle name <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the other big hit on that album which shows up all the time in Austin City Limits is Home with the Armadillo London Homesick Blues Yeah,
2: London Homesick Blues, London, yeah, London London Homesick
0: Blues. Blues which was actually uh, Gary P. Nunn's song and Gary P. Nunn even sings it on that album but uh, I think it worked out well for both he yeah, and Jeff Walker.
2: I was re- I was reading about that, and what was interesting is I guess he was signed to MCA when he recorded his his self-titled Jerry Jeff Walker album in '72, and he recorded part of that in Austin. He was in New York finishing up, and he ran into a guy who had a mobile mobile recording studio. And the and the process, the guy thought, I'll just I'll go where the music is rather than having you. You don't have to come to the studio. I'll come to you. And Jerry Jerry Jeff asked him, What about doing something in Texas? And the guy said. Give me a map and I'll meet you there, and that's what that and that's what happened. The guy guy ended up driving down there, and they yeah went to went to Lukenbach to record it. Um, and then he did the concert. the 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 two songs, the two songs you talked about, which were I mean the whole thing was recorded live there. But the, the, he did a concert at the end of the week when he was recording it, and uh, had all the radio stations in Austin evidently um, uh, advertise it and said, "Come down there, and we'll get let you in for a buck." And he thought there'd be about 50 people there and 900 people showed up.
0: <laughs> in the dance hall. Yeah, in the dance hall.
2: Yeah, dance hall. So
0: you know, some of y'all who might not live in Texas, uh, Lutenbach is not one of our largest cities. So, <laughs> <laughs> that was a big crowd for that, for that town.
1: It's one of our more famous cities, but not for its I think, size.
2: Yeah, I think it, I think it swelled the uh, town by 896 <laughs> people. <laughs>
1: and you know well, the thing about Beaver Tailangua is that the only song that I can really tell actually has a studio audience in it is uh London Homesick Blues. I don't know if they just made everybody well, shut up the rest of the time or,
2: No, I, I I don't think it was I don't think it was recorded with a it was recorded live in the dance hall, but I don't think it was recorded with a live audience. That uh, I think from that concert as was uh, up against the Wall Redneck Mother was also yeah, I yeah. think from that concert. Everything else I think was recorded live but it wasn't I don't think there was an audience there yeah one of my yeah. favorite songs on that album is Little Bird a little bird come sit upon my window sill that and that's is. also that's also on the uh, uh, just kind of refreshing my memory and listening to stuff that's also on the Mr. Bojangles album and it's a completely different sound a little
0: bird comes sit upon my windowsill.
2: Sat yeah, it's got kind of noodly guitar on it. It's almost when you were when you were mentioning what would you call that 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 music? it's almost like it's uh, that early stuff is almost like folk jazz uh it's a weird conglomeration like you said like psychedelic and folk and and weird stuff and even his solo albums were were like that a little bit and Little Bird on that Mr. Bojangles album has a little bit of that it's it's a folk song it's not country like it is on Viva Trilingua but it's got a little it's got some jazz noodling going on alongside of it which is kind of interesting
0: he was a jazz fan he he got it he got the walker of Jerry Jeff Walker that name came from a uh, jazz player that he knew in New York so he was he was a he was a fan what um one other thing that I never hear anybody talk about was uh, you, I I saw an interview with him and he apparently has a house in Austin a house in Belize and and a house in New Orleans and when I hear him play I hear New Orleans all over that music with mm-hmm. that undisciplined arrangement with everybody doing their own thing. And he's always got that piano roll going in the background, doing yeah. whatever the hell it wants to. And, uh, yeah. I think that's an important part of his music, uh, that makes it really interesting. Um, do you guys have a favorite
2: album of his? I mean, my, my favorite album is Viva Trilingua, just because I have that connection Maybe to it, it? <clears throat> you know, just, but I, lo- I I like a lot of his stuff. I mean, um, what what was the one you mentioned, Jam? Riding,
1: Riding high. high.
2: Riding high. That's a great one. His 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 uh, self his self titled Jerry Jeff Walker. That's a great yeah. album. Um, yeah. I mean, even even Mr Bojangles has its high points. It's uh, got some good stuff on it. You know, I'm a big so. fan of A Man Must Carry On,
0: which is the double live album. All day, Not all good. A lot of it is really good, and it's well. He it's a strong performance by that band.
2: Yeah, I mean he was he he could, as JM said, that live band was something else. And when they played, it was all it was all energy, all you know, it was all right there out in the open.
1: Riding High is definitely my my favorite album. It's one of the first albums where he was he did a lot of other people's material. He did pick up the tempo by uh, Willie Nelson. Um, but then he did write a couple of just beautiful songs on that one.
0: I love you. It's got uh, uh, Guy Clark has some good songs on that album. Yeah, Coat from the Cold." That's just
1: that'll break your heart every time you hear. It. And you know that then. I don't listen to Jerry Jeff Walker usually to get in a sentimental mood I usually listen to Jerry Jeff Walker because I want to be and have a good time but then he'll throw a song in like I love you and, and even that's not kind of tongue-in-cheek you know it's got the line diamond rings for your fingers
0: um, Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's I was thinking about that today I said there's almost no tragedy no angst in any yeah. of his music I mean Imagine Jerry Jeff Walker doing a cover of Masters of War. It, it's impossible. He would turn but, it into a happy song. He's like a banjo. There. You remember, like a banjo can't play sad songs. That's how Jerry but,
2: Jeff is. But what he does have is he's got sentimentality when he does that stuff. Sure. It's not. It's not. It's not depressing. It's not sad. But he's almost better than a lot of people. Is able to conjure up this really kind of, you know, yeah. you just feel you feel that you feel the sense of place of the song or whatever. Not to sound goofy, but it's really he could really make something sound sentimental without it being sappy or contrived, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's 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 a healthy sentiment,
2: not a right.
0: I'm going to we we're, we're going to be talking about Layla and other assorted love songs <laughs> soon. It is the opposite of the angst that's all over that. Album. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like if uh, if he finds out some girl doesn't like him, he has the ability to move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should say, but, you know, that you- unlike most uh, music stars, he had a long, successful marriage. Um, yeah. All the That's way. To the, right. Right. Yeah. I'm going to recommend like we do on this podcast all the time. Don't buy the greatest hits. Yeah. Um, but I I think that uh that, that Jerry Jeff Walker album's good. Um the uh A Man Must Carry On, Viva Lingua, Riding High, Walker's Collectibles is pretty good. Would y'all add any to those?
1: The album he did in 91, it was just like a, a Navajo Rug. I mean it it's that's, it, that's, it's got some Yeah. Well, that's a great song in and of itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, great song in
1: and of itself. It's got some other good ones on it, and uh, but that's pretty much the last. I'll be honest, that's pretty much where I started checking out with with uh, Jerry Jeff. To me, it took the foot off the gas. He was, things were beginning becoming a little too easy for him. You know, he was singing that songs like about Nolan Ryan
0: and yeah,
2: Hero Bars or whatever that song is. Well, and he
0: got sober. Oh, there's that that's <laughs> that really didn't fit very well with what he's doing for i i mentioned. i think i mentioned earlier i, I saw him uh, at the armadillo world headquarters uh right before they shut that uh very famous austin music venue down and he was up there singing home with the armadillo and everybody knew it was maybe the last week or two of the place's existence and he could not stop singing that chorus the audience couldn't quit uh, singing that, uh, course, but he did have two friends to help hold him up while he sang it. So <laughs> hilarious.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how many times I saw him in concert, but I, I, the first few times was in the early 80s, and yeah, I don't think he
0: was sober at any point. But that. that kind of music was really... That,
1: yeah, that he kind of lended to that. It's not
0: his fault. <laughs> You know, there's there's uh, not a lot of singer-songwriters I can think of that go out and find other people's songs and do them so well that those people become famous. Yeah. Usually it's the opposite. You know, you don't think about Towns Van Zandt going out, and I'm going to cover your tune for you so you can be famous. well
1: <laughs> Or Bob Dylan. <laughs> you know, if you're just listening to a Jerry Jeff Walker album, you know, maybe 80% percent of the album he didn't write but he does have that ability to to uh as they say make the song his own is he, he doesn't right keeping
2: a, a, a cohesive set of songs together i um i heard i just wanted to bring this up because it's kind of a funny story because i was like doug i was do, doing a little poking around about him evidently uh so there were uh, there was some website was talking about a bunch of celebrities that were doing you know, honoring him and Tom Arnold of all people is one of the people that said something nice about him. Evidently, uh, uh, I guess when Roseanne was big and the show was on, she wanted to cover Mr. Bojangles and the, uh, the record company said, absolutely not. You're going to, you'll offend <laughs> Mr. Mr., uh, Mr. Walker. And so Tom Arnold decided to call him up and Jerry, Jerry just said, well, I also wrote, wrote "pissing in the wind," so why the hell not? Yeah. <laughs> pissing in the wind,
0: betting on the losing friends,
1: making the same mistakes we swear we'll never make
0: again. <laughs>
2: uh, he, didn't, he didn't have a problem with her covering it. It would, it would probably
0: be – he would probably be one of the most difficult people to offend in the entire world, I would think. I would
2: imagine, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah,
1: and I saw him – you know, he he loved the crowd. I saw him at Green Hall one time, and he was just bugging it up, taking pictures with his fans and, uh, you know, just as nice as he could be. And, uh, yeah, it was, it, I don't have any – Bad memories about uh, Jerry Jeff. I saw him. I, don't, I guess
0: I saw him four or five times um, throughout my life. Yeah, he's one of those guys uh, that if you grew up uh, in Central Texas, you you can't like Stevie Ray or Willie Nelson or Joe Ely. I just can't remember how many times I saw those guys. And as soon as I think I've remembered all of them, I uh, I think of a new venue where I saw him that I forgot all about. Yeah, I think the last time
1: I saw him was about. Ten years ago at uh, the Broken Spoke, it was fantastic. It was, it was he was just having a ball and he was staying away from some of the newer stuff uh, and hitting all you know, playing a lot of and High, Beaver Tlingua. Um, just it was a great show, great time.
0: Well, we lost a good one there, and we sure uh, did. I think you can look at the landscape out there with all this red dirt country and all this kind of stuff that's going on that I don't know very much about, but you can tell he yeah. has had a huge influence. I think that he influenced Robert O'Kane, and then I think Robert O'Keen influenced all these other guys that are running yeah. around out there. It would probably mm-hmm. be impossible to measure the impact he had on uh, yeah. whatever that music's called nowadays.
2: Yeah, well, yeah I you're absolutely right.
0: i always have a question at the end of these shows tony what are the kids listening to these
2: days (laughs) well i thought i'd talk about an album that was released uh maybe a little over a year ago uh by a guy named jason hawk harris uh singer songwriter he's uh he was um He's, a, uh believe, he was born in Houston. He doesn't live in Texas anymore. I think he lives in Oklahoma. I know that's blasphemy, but uh, anyway, uh, he released an album called uh, "Love in the Dark" on also on Bloodshot. I'd talked about Bloodshot previously, and this is more along the lines of stuff that they do. Um, you know, sort of uh, on the on the edges of uh, hitting that sweet spot of country, and and it is it's fantastic. Um, he. Uh, I don't know if you guys are fans of Robbie folks, but he sounds sort of like a younger version of Robbie folks. Yeah. Um, his lyrics are really, really, really great lyrics. He's uh earnest, um, you know, uh, it's good stuff. And I, I highly recommend it. It's called love, love in the dark. And, uh, Jason Hawk Harris is the guy's name. Spends half his time in Oklahoma and half in LA now. I think that's two bad choices.
0: I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, for those of you out of state, it's uh, we're obliged to make fun of Oklahoma all the time. And, of course, we have to make fun of California since they're buying our state, particularly my city. <laughs> so we'll go ahead and tell everybody that it looks like next week we're going to be covering a monster album called uh, Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs by Derek and the Dominoes, which is Eric Clapton. And uh, Bobby Whitlock, and uh, a couple of Dwayne. sessions with uh, Dwayne Allman, along with uh, a great uh, rhythm section. So,
1: Bill Rattle and Jim Gordon,
0: yeah, who uh, Eric Clapton claimed were the uh, best uh, backup he ever had, which yeah. really says something if you came out of cream. <laughs> 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 I'm looking forward to that, even though that probably should be seven podcasts because it's such a monster <laughs> album with so many stories. Yeah. Uh, could be made into a miniseries for TV. Yeah, but that's well, it okay. for tonight. And uh hope Jerry Jeff's uh at peace and enjoying his rest. Yep. So
1: good night, everyone.
0: Good night.